morning, good afternoon, good evening, whichever you prefer. Welcome to this, the third episode of Grace. We have a great lineup for you today. We have an interview with Father Stephen, talk with Fratelli Tutti, and many other interesting stories. But as always, let's start with a prayer, this time said by one of our parishioners, Candy. We give you thanks, O God, for all the saints who ever worshipped you, whether in brush arbors or cathedrals, whether at wooden churches or crumbling cement meeting houses, where your name was lifted and adored. We give you thanks, O God, for hands lifted in praise, manicured hands and hands stained with grease or soil, strong hands and those gnarled with age holy hands used as wave offerings across the land. We thank you, God, for hard-working saints, whether hard-hatted or steel-booted, head-ragged or aproned, blue-collared or three-piece suited. They left their mark on the earth for you, for us, for our children to come. Thank you, God, for the tremendous sacrifices made by those who have gone before us. Bless the memories of your saints, God. May we learn how to walk wisely from their examples of faith, dedication, worship, and love. Hello, listener. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Father Stephen. Now, I myself uh, met Father Stephen a month or two ago at St. Agatha's during a dinner with the bishop, which was a very nice dinner. It was very nice Thai food. Um, anyhow, I got to know Father Stephen a lot better, though I understand a lot of you do not know Father Stephen, so that's what we're here to do today, to introduce you all to the lovely man that is Father Stephen. Father Stephen, hello. Hello, how are you? I'm, I'm going all the more better oh, now good. that I'm chatting <laughs> to you, Father Stephen, all the more better. Um, now, well, first of all, so, where do you serve? Where are you a priest? At the moment, I'm at St. Agatha Catholic Church, of course, in Broken Bay Diocese. Mm-hmm. I'm the assistant priest there to Father Paul. Okay, very nice. And have you always been at St. Agatha's, or have you moved around from place to place? Mm. I've been around for a while now. I've been in Australia for about 10 years. I worked in Wyong for a few years, then I went to Woiwoi, and they called me... My surname is Woiwoi, so they sold me Woiwoi from Woiwoi. Woiwoi <laughs> from Woiwoi. I then, see. Then I went to Tukli, and uh, then I am now at uh, Pennant Hills. And at Pennant Hills, we just have a newly ordained uh, deacon, some French. Oh, so okay. it's good to have uh, a new clergy joining us. Still having a warm touch from the spirit of the bishop. <laughs> warm touch. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, now, uh, so you're a priest, but I understand there's also a, a second priest in your family. Is that right? Yeah, we have my elder, my, the brother I follow is a priest also, in the same order, at the moment working in South Africa. In South Africa? Uh, anywhere in particular in South Africa? He tells me he's in Johannesburg, but uh, to my understanding is Johannesburg is big and is 80 kilometers away from Johannesburg. Oh, Wow, but I guess for simplicity's sake, I, Johannesburg does the job. Very nice, very nice. And where were you? Some of the, I don't wish to offend you here, Father Stephen, but some of the some of the listeners might be able to tell that you have a slight accent. And uh, where were you brought up? Um, I, I was born in, and I brought up in Kenya, in uh, Nairobi, 
even though my real home is the western part of Kenya. Kenya, very nice, very nice. Any any fond memories of Kenya? Oh, I love uh, Kenya. It has a beautiful, it has its beauty. Like in Nairobi city, the contrast between the wild and the tame, if in the same coexisting, if you go just a five kilometers from the city, you meet the national park with lions and zebras. And yet if you go five kilometers inside, you meet the skyscrapers. So the tame and the wild interact and coexist at peace. Wow. Well, uh, I can't say I was, I had much interest to travel to Kenya prior, but now I have to admit this, this union of uh, the wild and the tame, I am very intrigued, very intrigued. Well, Father Stephen, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you today. I think uh, I know I learnt a little little more about you, and I hope uh, I hope uh, you out there, listener, also learnt a bit more as well. Thank you, thank you for having me. Thank you, Father Stephen. Thank you. Now this podcast will be released on the thirty first of October, which Dan is more famously known as. Halloween. (laughs) Indeed, Dan. Halloween. But before it becomes the one day of the year where accepting candy from strangers is allowed, it was something else. Halloween, which I'm sure many of you will know, was once called All Hallows' Eve. The Eve to what, you may ask? Well, All Hallows' Day, of course. But Jack, what is All Hallows' Day? Well, inquisitive listener, All Hallows' Day is more commonly known amongst the Christian community as All Saints' Day. But the story of Halloween goes much further back than that. We begin our story where all stories tend to start. The beginning. Many moons ago in Western Europe, there lived the Celts. Now, the Celts celebrated New Year's Eve on the 31st of October with a celebration known as the Sarwin Festival. They believed at this time of the year, the gateway to the land of the dead weakened, and hence ghosts roamed the land on this fateful night. (coughs) And to scare the ghosts away from the Celts, they decided to dress themselves up in animal skins. Ring any bells yet? Anyhow... Later on, in the 8th century, Pope Gregory III created All Saints' Day, which was a day to celebrate all saints. This day was made and has continued to be celebrated on the 1st of November. A number of years later, the Celts were introduced to Christianity, and the two cultures combined. All Saints' Day became known as All Hallows' Day, making the 31st of October All Hallows' Eve. Gradually, over time... As America began to be colonized, All Hallows' Eve was changed to Halloween. And with that change, the modern-day Halloween was created. So there you have it, folks. What once began as the Celtic Sarwin Festival has transformed itself over millennia to the Halloween we know and love today. Though I do understand many people don't like Halloween. People dislike Halloween for many reasons. Some people think it's all too commercialized. Some people don't like strangers knocking on their door asking for food. Some people don't like Halloween because their next door neighbor, Todd, is going to carve a jack-o'-lantern that's going to be so much better than theirs. And Todd is going to get all the attention. Oh, look at me. I'm Todd and I can cut up pumpkins really nice. Apologies, listener. That last one was a joke. But in all seriousness, I do find Todd slightly emasculating. That's all.
But besides Todd, I love Halloween for two reasons, the community spirit and the funny costumes. Today, we're here to talk about the most important one, funny costumes. Dan, Megan, what is the best Halloween costume you have ever seen? The best Halloween costume I've ever seen, I've seen it online, so I haven't seen it personally. Personally, in my suburb, the best ones are a guy will dress up in a sheet or something similar. They're not particularly exciting. But in America, they tend to go very uh, hard in terms of Halloween. They put a lot of effort into it. And there was this young boy, he must have been about, say, six or seven, uh, and he was uh, in a wheelchair. Uh, and But what his parents did is they turned this uh, this wheelchair and this uh, infirmity into a really, really beautiful design where he, kept, he enjoyed space. And so they turned his whole wheelchair and his design into a giant rocket ship. And so he would travel around the suburb in his rocket uh, and knock on all the doors in his rocket ship and he was an astronaut. And it was, it was beautiful. It's one of the best things I've seen. So that was definitely uh, the most uh, engaging Halloween costume I've seen. That's, that sounds impressive. Now I have, I was doing some research. I think I found one, which I'm a big fan of. It's a, it's a, unfortunately it is a couple's one. So for all you singles out there, my apologies. Uh, but for the couple one was, so one was just wearing a simple green shirt and the other just had a white shirt with one word on it, which just said envy. So together they were green with envy. <laughs> which I was, which me personally, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of puns and I find that rather humorous, rather humorous. Megan, do you have a particular favorite costume in mind? Yeah. Thank you for asking Jack. Um, I also have a real fondness for punny costumes. And so my favorite one, um, was one of my friends. She wore a costume where she had a crown and a big long cape. And on the cape were little little dogs and little cats. And so can you guys guess what she was going as? Well, did she jump off a roof and say, oh, it's raining cats and dogs? Oh, you got it right. Exactly. <laughs> well, I hope she didn't jump off a, a roof. I didn't get that part right, did I? Oh, no, no. Thank goodness. Um, she did not jump off a roof. Um, but she was okay. And her costume design was amazing, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. It was both clever and really fun, so it's probably my favourite costume to date. Well, that sounds spectacular. Well, listener, if you see any particularly great Halloween costumes out there on the streets, by all means, send them in to us. We'll be mighty uh, happy to receive your email. And just we just want to see what are some great costumes this year that Halloween is bringing to the streets of Australia, because I know I want to see them. Dan wants to see them. Megan wants to see them. I'm looking at Lewis. He's shaking his head. I don't think he's particularly keen, but I know the rest of you out there definitely want to see them. So hope you have a very nice Halloween, a lovely All Saints Day. Happy trick-or-treating. Sometimes on the podcast, we like to get real serious. We have serious conversations serious topics. There is an epidemic going on in many schools and workplaces. It is, of course, coffee addiction. <gasps> People these days have forgotten the beauty, the simplicity, the elegance of a good cup of tea and instead have resorted 
to surviving off mainlining coffee. Uh, I, I sense that you're you're a tea supporter. I am a thoroughly strong right. tea enthusiast. Tea I have support. my tea black. I don't have to sugar it down. I don't have to add chocolate to my tea to make it tasty, unlike you cappuccino lovers. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your go-to tea? Oh, any any tea is honestly good. I, I like I'm 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 very simple. It's very tea doesn't need to be fancy. Uh you just get a just a beautiful, just a green tea. Uh completely well, black but green, I guess, because the green tea. You don't need to add milk. Have it as it is. Dunk it for about two and a half minutes. Have you ever been to a high tea before, Dan? Have I I have not been to a high tea. That that intrigues me. Tell me more. Well, Dan, at some point I'll have to take her out for a high tea. High tea just just as exactly what you said you said you're not much of a frills guy when it comes to tea but high tea oh boy are there frills there's frills on the cakes there's frills on the tea there's frills on the doilies boy are there frills <laughs> have to admit I had a very nice tea it was I believe called a, a Russian caravan you didn't think you could have a smoky tea did you Dan I just not think <laughs> you could have a smoky tea you're wrong you can <sighs> that's amazing do I have to be over 18 to have a smoky tea don't even need a license that's amazing well, that's a loophole right there. Megan, what is your take on the tea versus coffee debate? All right, Dan. So I'm going to start by saying that coffee comes from Italy. You know, Italy is the land of all good things like pizza, pasta, gelata, gelato, leaning tower pizza. So basically, in a country that comes just full of good things, how on earth can we say that coffee is bad? I personally think that coffee is the backbone of Australia, right? Think about it. Where do we all like to meet up? We like to meet up at a cafe. And what does a cafe have heaps of? Different types of coffee. And just like you said, um, you said tea is pretty no, no frills. Same with coffee, right? Coffee is like this nice, warm, slightly bitter hug that just helps wake you up in the morning. And so for something like coffee, I just, I just don't understand why it's getting so much hate. Dan, uh, when, you, when you receive a hug from someone, do you like that person to be bitter? Do you like that hug to be bitter at all? I'd prefer my hugs to be, you know, sweet, not particularly bitter. No. That's true. When I, when I think of hugs, I don't think of mm, warm and, and bitter. That's not something that comes to mind. I don't want bitterness waking me up in the morning. Typically, that's what gets me to bed in the evening. Well, luckily for you, coffee does come with a little bit of sugar if you like. The great thing about coffee is, you know, you can dress it up, dress it down, add some nice warm milk, add a little bit of coffee, and if you're feeling extra fancy, put in a little bit of chocolate. But tea, unfortunately, all you can do with tea is either a tea bag and some milk, and that's about it. See, again, what kind of tea are we talking about? Because we've learned about smoky tea. Uh, you can have red teas, you can have green teas, you can have black teas. That's three colours right there. What kind of colour can you have with coffee? Brown. What does coffee make oh, you do? Dan, Dan. Very, very naive. Very naive. Uh, we all know there's many shades of coffee. You have the the flat white, the darker flat white variety. With less flat, with less milk. Yeah, you can make it look different by adding more milk, but you can do that with tea also. You can add, like if I added food coloring to a drink, it would change color in the same way that if I add milk, it will change the color. It's still fundamentally just bean water. You're drinking bean water. Yeah, well, I think what Dan has been trying to say this entire time is uh, tea, 
what tea lacks for in taste, it tries to make up for in colour. But you and I both know that between rich, beautiful bean water and random leaf water, you can definitely tell which one has a more exquisite, luxurious taste. And that is the random leaf water. Thank you for agreeing with me, Megan. I really appreciate it. Audience, it is over to you whether or not you agree with the coffee lovers or I wouldn't say sophisticated, I wouldn't say talented, I wouldn't say amazingly enlightened tea lovers, but I guess I just did. So you decide, tea or coffee. This has been a really serious topic. One of the things I love about a St. Jared's Parish is just the variety of different um, clubs and groups that are available helping our parishioners um, understand a little bit more about their faith. Uh, one particular group that I'm quite interested in is the Men of St. Joseph. And luckily um, today, one of the group members, Max, has kindly come in to talk a little bit more about the Men of St. Joseph and what they're all about. So, hi, Max. Thank you for coming in. How do you do? Good, thank you. Yourself? Very well. Nice to be here. It was done at short notice and uh, wishing to help the radio. Yes. And as you know, sometimes the best of things are done at short notice <laughs> and we really appreciate you coming in. <laughs> That's so, fine. Nice to be here. Yes, indeed. So, um, one thing I really wanted to ask you about is what is the Men of St. Joseph all about? Well, what does your group really focus on? Well, um, everyone would know Father Bogdan, and um, after settling into the parish, he really had a desire to do many things, one, a radio station, and uh, I believe that he had started um, such things in New Guinea, and he wished to have a, a group of men, as he would refer to as a men of St. Joseph, meet together on a regular basis and um, find ways to take in some scripture readings, ponder on them, and, and share their feelings about the readings and about their life, trying to find ways that um, men could be together by themselves um, and feeling that they could be open in a safe environment to discuss how they react with their faith. Sure. That sounds like a really lovely group to be a part of. On that line, what's something you really enjoy about being part of the Men of St. Joseph, um, other than the lack of women? <laughs> That's right. We have to control it ourselves. But <laughs> um, I think that, um, first of all, I'm meeting new people that I, I've been in the parish a, a long time, uh, and I'm meeting people from our sister parish, if you will, Epping, men that I've not met before. And I feel very relaxed and I have a, a common goal with those men that I hadn't known before to share your faith in the environment that you feel comfortable to share it. Um, so I've just enjoyed meeting uh, new people that I hadn't met in the parish before and um, men that have a, a similar liking for our faith, um, the same as me. Yeah, no, that's really lovely to know. Um, that this group has been an excellent way to help com um, connect you to other parishioners. Uh, 
So one question I did want to ask as well is I'm sure that some of our listeners out there would be quite interested in joining the Men of St. Joseph. Uh, so how do they join and do you happen to have any tips for them? Well, um, simply come along to the evenings. They're held weekly at the moment at Carlingford Parish, Thursday evenings at 7.30, sometimes just a bit before, a bit after, and we usually have a, a coffee and a biscuit um, and start the evening at 8 o'clock. And it usually winds up pretty close just after 9. You know, we, we don't like it to spread out all night. We keep to the routine. Um, it's, a, it's a good routine that Father Bogdan has introduced. Sure. It's followed one of men of St. Joseph from the States, and it has a, uh, a program which with readings that we repeat not the same readings, but we repeat the process each week and discuss it. It's it's a very good format that's been very successful overseas. Anyone can come along. Now, Max, you said uh, there's some coffee that is consumed at the Men of St. Uh, Joseph. I don't suppose there's any tea drinkers amongst you. <laughs> yes. Coffee and tea. We, we're not running the alcohol at the moment. We might do that at another time. But just so we uh, keep some sense into the place, we've... Uh, Tea and coffee, yes, that's right. And what about yourself, Max? Are you more of a tea man or a coffee man? <laughs> well, it depends on the importance of the question, but uh, I, I, I'm a tea man. Tea man. I'm glad to hear it, Max, glad to hear it. <laughs> All right, well, the men of St. Joseph really does sound like a wonderful group to be part of, and thank you so much for telling us about it. Uh, do you happen to have any last uh, final remarks? Uh, yes, it was probably my thoughts about coming along to the Men of St. Joseph. I just remember the first time Father Bogdan mentioned it to me, I thought I'd like to support Father Bogdan because he's a good man and I think the parish should always support their priest. I thought, look, I'd, I'd had many of those types of discussion groups and various things and I, I really at my age was thinking of, I'm quite past it. I've had enough. I don't think there's anything new for me. I'll go along for Father Bogdan's benefit. But simply after the first night I was there, I felt a wonderful feeling of this is something new that I hadn't had before. It was very rewarding. And I only wish I could convince other men to see that it's not just your normal group you may have had over the past history of your life. There was an avenue to see a, a new thing of meeting with men and discussing our faith comfortably and enriching it with information that we may not have considered before. So, yes, I, I just urge other people to perhaps give it an opportunity to try and perhaps it was like me. You'd find out that uh, it was a lot more special than they'd expected. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time, Max. Um, it was really lovely hearing about the Men of St. Joseph group. And I look forward to hearing more about it in the future. So today I wanted to use this time to share a prayer. It's a prayer that uh, I've known for many years. And whilst I don't say it every day, it is one of my favorite prayers. So I just wanted to tell you uh, about the person who wrote it. Um, so he was someone who lived in the 19th century, and in fact, he was recently canonized a saint um, in October 2019 when the second miracle was recognized. 
He was an influential churchman who was educated at Oxford University, leading the Oxford movement in the Church of England. So he was born into the Anglican faith. I'm wondering whether at this point a lot of our listeners might actually know who I'm talking about. Um, so, of course, it's none other than Cardinal John Henry Newman. In fact, Saint Cardinal John Henry Newman. So he was born in 1801 in London, the eldest of six children. And we know that his personal journey to join the Roman Catholic Church was not an easy decision. So that was, you know, almost half of his life he spent in that difficult space of trying to leave his Anglican faith and come across to the Catholic faith. And this was no easy decision, of course, because of the friends and family that he was going to leave behind who didn't agree with his position. So he felt tremendous loneliness and sadness in that journey. But, you know, one thing for sure, he was very decisive. He knew what he stood for and and where he was going. So he was very clear in terms of um, his journey. And in the quality of his personal devotion, his followers have often said and often found him to be a person who practiced what he preached. So he was, you know, a person of high integrity and credibility. We know that he was intellectual. Um, so he, you know, he wrote a lot of uh, uh, letters and he had many articles that he published. And he was, you know, very gifted in that space. But he was also endowed with the gift of um, writing you know, creatively. So he, he was sensitive and he was heartwarming as well. So he's known to write poetry and prose. Sometimes they use the word magical prose to describe his writings. He was received into the Catholic Church in October 9th, 1845, at Littlemore Church in Oxford. October 9th, interestingly, is also the day that his feast day is celebrated. So October the 9th is, is a special day. He lived for um, many years. He lived, he died in August 11th, 1890. So he was actually uh, 89 years of age. And he died at uh, Birmingham. Uh, and he's also buried there. Of course, you know, in his life, um, the, the most important things when he joined the Catholic Church was always Mass was a very big part of his devotion. Um, you know, his devotion to Our Lady was also uh, very big and, uh, and, and, and important to him. And so, um, you know, when we look at his prayers, um, they just signify a depth of his love for Jesus Christ and, um, and the Church. So I'll just take a few minutes now to read the prayer that uh, that I've talked about. It's been a very special prayer for me over the years. It says, Dear Jesus, help us to spread your fragrance everywhere we go. Flood our souls with your spirit and life. Penetrate and possess our whole being so utterly that our lives may only be a radiance of yours. Shine through us and be so in us, that every person we should come in contact with 
may feel your presence in our soul. Let them look up and see no longer us, but only Jesus. Stay with us, and then we shall begin to shine as you shine, so to shine as to be a light to others. The light, Jesus, will be all from you. None of it will be ours. It will be you shining on others through us. Let us thus praise you in the way you love best, by shining on those around us. Let us preach you without preaching, not by words, but by our example, by the catching force, the sympathetic influence of what we do, the evident fullness of the love our hearts bear for you. Amen. Welcome back to our second uh, installment of Vatican News, as you, you remember from last week. We started having a look at the Pope's letter, his encyclical, called Fratelli Tutti. And of course, Fratelli Tutti is the 44,000 word long letter written by Pope Francis. Uh, Fratelli Tutti meaning we are all brothers. It's about fraternity. Um, and so the chapter up to this week is chapter 3. And so after reading a little summary of what it's about, we see a, a fraternal society is one that promotes everyone to give the best of themselves. It's a society where we don't act as individuals, merely looking out for ourselves. It's one instead where we look out for each other. Pope Francis spoke of two qualities that we will need to achieve this type of society. We will need benevolence and solidarity. Benevolence is kindness and a legitimate feeling of wanting the good of the other. Solidarity is expressed in service to people, not ideologies. We can sit at home and do nothing all day, but action at some point must be taken. There are many people in the world right now who are battling poverty and inequality. Rights have no border. Rights should not be exclusive. Regardless of where you are born or where you live, you have rights, and rights have no borders. The next little point that uh, Pope Francis discussed is a better kind of politics. It discusses politics as one of the most valuable forms of charity because it is placed on many occasions in the centre of our society. It recognises the importance of people and allows for open and honest discussions about issues plaguing our society. Pope Francis continues to discuss politics both in reality and in an ideal world. He speaks of how the goal of politics is to find a solution to all that attack fundamental human rights, such as social exclusion, the marketing of organs, weapons and drugs, slave labor, terrorism and organized crime. The Pope brings a particular focus on eliminating human trafficking, a source of shame for humanity. He also focuses on hunger, which is criminal because food is an inalienable right. That's right, some hard-hitting messages from the Pope this week. Certainly a lot to reflect on, but don't just take it from us. Please go check out the encyclical for yourself. You can find a copy online. Have a read of what the Pope is saying to you in Fratelli Tutti. Uh, so welcome back. Welcome back, dear listener. Um, we're joined here now with one of our parishioners who's been key in the radio group so far. Her name is Astria. Astria, welcome. 
Thank you. It's been wonderful to be part of the parish and and to be a celebrity on radio now. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Um so Astro, tell us a bit about yourself. Right. When did you join the parish? So, I came to Australia in June and I was ever so lucky to be in the Epping suburb thanks to my brother and just exploring the suburb I I was even more glad to know that the church was literally um you know minutes away from my house so uh, i was a regular in the church when i started and yes i would not miss a single mass <laughs> because i was alone uh, my family joined me much later so that's how i got to know father peter father bogdan quite a few parish members and that's when i came to know about the radio committee and uh, father bogdan's brilliant idea to start a, a radio podcast I volunteered and then remaining's history. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, you, you mentioned your family. I should mention to our listeners. In the room as well we have uh young Aaron and Austin here. They are your kids, right? They are. They're uh, 9-year-old twin boys that I realized uh, how much uh, they are when they came home and they joined me in August because Prior to August, I had plenty of time to devote to the church, to my activities, maybe to Netflix, and then they come and Zoom. There is no time anymore <laughs> because there's the school run, and then there's the extracurricular run, and all the routine that follows uh, when you have kids. And yeah, but it's it's an utter joy that they're around and uh, they're really enjoying uh, uh, to be in the country as well. So, so where where about did they come from? So uh, we are originally from India from Mumbai to be precise and uh, we we spent quite a uh, a decade uh, almost in the UAE so we really come from UAE now to Australia and yeah it's um, uh, we we do miss UAE but Australia has been so welcoming especially our parish has been so welcoming so it's been really uh, a fantastic journey so far at least nice And am I am I right? I I often see at the eight thirty a.m. mass at Epping. You're doing the the projection, the the slides. Oh yes, that's the time when I volunteered for almost everything <laughs> when the kids were not around. And uh, yes, and um, uh, so for the eight thirty mass every second Sunday, I do the AV. It's 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 so nice. Uh, and yeah, we're quite a small group, but it's it's absolutely a joy to do what I do for the eight thirty mass. Just out of curiosity, what what do you miss from from the UAE and or from India. I think I miss a lot of crowd. <laughs> I mean I uh, given it's covid uh, but otherwise there would be a lot of crowd during masses and I'm sure it would have been the same in the Epping parish because it's such a vibrant church. But um, what we really miss is the community coming together and I think the music we really miss because There used to be a lot of music in the UAE as well as back in India. I mean, music ministry is really huge, and there are umpteen choirs and so much of uh, musical instruments all coming together. But uh, in the pandemic age, of course, things are different. But it would it would be nice uh, to go back to that times and have a lot of music and prayers around where, with the whole community. So, so we're 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 coming into well, this episode sort of themed around Halloween. because i think when this episode gets released it will be close to halloween um this this period you were saying october sort of to december is it a festive period in in mumbai or? oh yes it's a it's a festive season all around india in fact it starts somewhere around august and september and moves all the way into the new year 
So uh, one after the other, there are numerous festivals by different communities, by different religions in India, and it's it's absolutely fabulous to see because all the roads are, all the houses are decorated, and everyone's glowing in their new garments and ornaments and new accessories and things like that. It's 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 wonderful. So that is something I think we miss. I think uh, maybe December is going to be really nice and attractive here. It should be, be our first December, <laughs> first Christmas in Christmas, Australia. Exactly, exciting. Um, we might we might invite Austin to the microphone. So Austin will be your first Christmas in in Australia this year. Are you looking forward to Christmas? Yes. Well, what have you got planned for the for the school holidays? And there's nothing much planned now because because we are still busy with work now. But uh, but then when Christmas holidays comes, we will. Uh, we will visit my cousin and we we may go to the beach and then we will do other fun activities i see i see so how how do you um how do you enjoy school nowadays in australia um so first of all the school is small so it's easy to navigate my way through and then and then we go out for lunch in the fresh air and so I like it a lot. Then we play many games like Stuck in the Mud, Pac-Man, and Tip, and many other fun, fun games. So then, and then one one good opportunity also is silent reading. So after after recess or sometimes or even after lunch, we we come to our class and we take some books we can read them for 10 minutes so then so then it's very fun reading them and there are also pillows in the mm. class so you can take one and lie down on the pillow and read nice um and just finally austin what what would you say is your favorite thing about australia um my favorite thing about australia is it's um nature because because in Dubai the you wouldn't see much nature but here it is very nice there the people are very kind here and then there are good monuments here and Australia has a good history and it has a lot of greenery around it so I really like Australia for that nice good good speaking to you Austin so Aaron what what, what do you really enjoy um, I really enjoy in school is for grabbing the pillow and silent reading. <laughs> I've been told, Aaron, you, you've got you're quite you quite fancy trains. Is that right? Do you have an interest in trains? I only know stations on the Hornsby train. Are you telling me, trains. Aaron, that you can list all the stations, the train stations? From Hornsby to Gordon. Yeah. Aaron, would you would you like to demonstrate? Would feel free. Hornsby, Normanist, Thornley, Bennett Hills, Beecroft, Cheltenham, Epping, Eastwood, Deniston, Westrine, Meadowbank, Rhodes, Concord West, North Stratfield, Stratfield. Burwood, Redfern, Central, Town Hall, Vineyard, Milsons Point, North Sydney, Waverton, 
Wollstonecraft, Saint Leonard's, Artermon, Chatsud, Roseville, Linfield, Kilara, Gordon. Well, thank you, listeners. I, I know you were as intrigued in Astria and her son's stories as I was. I hope their story encourages all you young families out there and keep keen to, to listen to the stories of other parishioners throughout Grace. Welcome to another episode of Off Topic. It's a game show where two contestants are given two random topics and try to get the other person to say their word. We have two lovely guests with us today. Hi, I'm Megan. Hello, it's Lewis again. Thank you, Megan and Lewis. So, Megan, you're going to hear your word first. So, Megan... Your topic is a very romantic topic. It's a very French Revolution-style topic. It is a candle-lit dinner. Megan, what is your topic? Candle-lit dinner. So, sticking with a certain theme, Lewis, your topic is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Lewis, what is your topic? My topic is a place, uh, and that is the Leaning Tower of Pisa. The Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yes, not pizza. Fantastic. The competitors are ready. They're raring to go. The middle topic for today's game is pool toys. Do you enjoy going to the pool? I do enjoy going to the pool. I like pool toys. Uh, they're always fun. It's fun, you know, try to balance on a pool toy, try and keep upright. You know, you can always find you're leaning over and then, you know, you fall into the pool. So fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is pretty fun. But I think one of my um, favorite activities would definitely be um, going to dinner. Like I just really enjoy having a really nice long dinner uh, with a friend. Oh yeah. Well, what, what what are some of your your favorite? Food? Do you like Italian food? Yeah, yeah. Spaghetti. I don't know what else. Yeah, Italian I love food I love spaghetti. Is. But one thing I find that really helps with these dinners is um. Sort of the, the ambiance in the restaurant, you know what I'm talking about? Ambiance. You know what really enhances ambiance in an Italian restaurant is when you have a pizza oven, you know, and you have the nice smell of pizza. I don't know, that, oh, that's for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've, I, have, have you been into many pizza restaurants? There's a fair few uh, famous pizza restaurants in France, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so just cycling back a little bit, I totally agree with you on, um, you know, how... The smells really help um, just hmm. enhance the experience. But one thing I also find really helps um, is the lighting, particularly the lighting on the tables. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Not particularly like lighting. Kind of things, I mean, you know, you, oh, sorry. I feel like I just smell can't... is more better than the smell of pizza creates more of an aroma than the lighting. Um, oh, hmm. but I was thinking this, like, you know, there's nothing more sort of intimate than having, you know, a nice dinner with somebody and then in between you there are these small lights. Now, what is what are they called? You know the ones which you like use um, a matchstick and then you light right, right. them? Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll come to that because I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but Sorry. You know what you just reminded me? me. <laughs> you just reminded me of a, a really intimate moment I had uh, 
is actually in France. Um, looking out in the view, and you could see this big tower um, sort of leaning over. I don't know, would you happen to know what, what that tower is called? Sorry, you said you were looking at the sea and you saw a tower. Are you sure you guys didn't see a lighthouse? I, no, I don't think I saw a lighthouse. I mean, this is France. I mean, it looked, it looked like a lighthouse. It looked a lot like a lighthouse. Funny you say that because you know what also <laughs> looks like a lighthouse but can be lit? For some reason, I just can't remember the name of it. Oh, it be... like, oh it's like can, can... Candlestick? There we go. So, ladies and gentlemen, close enough. Uh, Megan, what was your word? My word was candlelit dinner. Candlelit dinner. Now, Megan, what do you think Lewis's uh, word or phrase was? Either Pisa or Leading Tower of Pisa. Yes, the Leading Tower of Pisa. Notably, in uh, what location is the Leading Tower of Pisa? Friends. We're going to have no complaints about that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to today's Off Topic. So as we wrap up this week's podcast, wishing you all the best for the week ahead, and we'll close with a short prayer. Dear holy saints of God, we join our prayers of praise to yours this day. With you, we sing of God's goodness, rejoice in God's mercy, and celebrate God's incredible love. Teach us to live as you lived, always thinking of others, always recognizing our weaknesses, always rejoicing in God's gifts, always closely following Jesus. Blessed are you, happy are you, all you holy saints of God. Pray for us that we too may someday be among God's holy ones. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. Thanks for tuning in to Grace. As always, be sure to send through your thoughts and feedback. We'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to talk to one of our radio crew after Mass or shoot us an email on graceradio at epcarl.org.au. We're always looking for more volunteers, so if you can help in any way, please do get in touch. Please also be sure to share this podcast with friends and family and get keen for our next episode.